Roses, where a couple of Midwest women cultivate a community at the D&D table. I'm Soren. And I'm Katie. This week in the Rose Garden, we're talking about combat. Doing big hits to bad dudes. One roll at a time. One, one, one little dice roll at a time. <laughs> That's it. That's the combat. Here we go. So similar to last time when we talked about role playing, we're going to have a similar format today. Talk about kind of our first impressions, get into some basics, talk about our bests and worsts, um, and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, so with our last episode, we we're talking about role playing. We we started talking about our first impressions. So if we kind of start in the same vein, um, some of my first impressions of mm-hmm. combat were mm-hmm. legitimately so watered down compared <laughs> to like what combat actually is. When I had first learned that D&D was a thing in general, I thought it legitimately was like you just scream that you stab somebody, you stab and they're dead and that's it. And like there's no rolling or like extra steps involved. And I honestly was confused about why they had all these dice to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I had you quickly realize the more you play D&D or the more you learn about it that um, the dice are very important. <laughs> some would say combat is the time when they're most important. <laughs> uh, some would say that is literally what they're for. <laughs> yeah. I My first impressions with combat, I think... I don't like the fact that I don't really remember <laughs> should give a... a a good you've just always known no 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 like like it starts overwhelming oh yes. like it yeah. starts out in a place where you're like sorry do what now i'm sorry say what role what yeah um i so i played a wizard mm-hmm. to begin with and the thing with wizards they know a lot of spells and you can do so many things and so most of combat was sp- for me at least, spent doing, like, I had, like, a spell list on my phone, mm-hmm. and it was just, like, scrolling Yeah. through. Yeah, when I did my first campaign, I had one of the many, like, uh, supplementary apps that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which one I had. It wasn't, like, D&D Beyond Specific. Mine was, it was like, a, Spells 5E. That's the one, and it had, like, a like a red logo yep. or something. Yep. And I was playing a paladin in that first campaign, so mm-hmm. I also had some spells to work off of. And I remember, right. like, going through combat and being like, do I seriously have to sit here and, like, scroll through all of these spells every freaking time I want to cast something? Mm-hmm. I was like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, and I, this is... We are good at role playing. <laughs> I feel comfortable in combat, but it is not like my first uh, instinct. Like I am not instinctively strategic and tactical. Yeah, but I feel like you've you've uh, taken a lot of your own personal strengths and used them to understand like the strategic yeah. side even if it's not your go-to i i think i understand the mechanics i'm yes, not necessarily strategic about it but <laughs> i have i know how the thing works <laughs> my organizational skills to understand 
the mechanics, like to compartmentalize the mechanics in a way that I can Yeah, you've been taking French for four years and you can speak it fluently, but you don't always know what you're saying. Right. (laughs) And you can understand people saying it better than you can regurgitate it yourself. Right, right, right. (laughs) So. Got that Duolingo streak. Right. So (laughs) I'm going, I have volunteered as tribute. She has. To do a Katie's Combat Corner. CCC, if you will. I feel like eventually we're going to have to like make this a recurring series and Honestly, give, give you a little like uh, sound effect. It's like, giving me like too much credit, I feel like. <laughs> I know this okay, just but enough. Before, before you like knock yourself down a peg, let me like replace the peg real quick. Because... Like, yes, we are regurgitating. Sorry, let me rephrase. You are regurgitating (laughs) some of this info that um, there are plenty of resources out there that have it. Mm -hmm. But um, like we were talking about before we started the the recording today was that we have so many circles of friends and some of them like will never touch the D&D circle. And some of them are interested, but Mm -hmm. like don't know where to look for those resources. And Mm -hmm. we can be that catalyst for you. Yeah. So (laughs) I guess to preface Katie's Combat Corner... Some of this is coming from the perspective of I know we have listeners who don't actively play D&D. Right. Um, and this is an episode that has the potential to have a lot of jargon mm-hmm. and stuff that you wouldn't know if you haven't played and done an encounter in D&D before. Right. So veterans, you're going to hear this. You're going to know, like, yeah, I know what action economy is. You don't need to explain it to me. But it's for, we have just, like, such a wide range of audience members that I wanted to make sure that we start with a ground level information that everyone can listen to this episode and be like, got it. Yeah. So, to start out with, combat, a round of combat, represents six seconds in the game world. So, um, if around... anyone hears pen scritches, it's me retaking notes because <laughs> this information falls out of my head all the time. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, you're good. <laughs> um, so, around means like everyone has taken their turn, both player character wise and the NPCs whom the player characters are fighting, and or, or could be allies also. Mm-hmm. During a round, each participant in battle takes a turn. The order is determined at the beginning of a combat encounter when everyone rolls initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your D20. You roll, you add your, uh, I think it's your dex modifier. I think that's um, right. But it's just your proficiency or your initiative bonus, if you will. And that tells you, say that number out loud to your DM. The DM slash other people at the table, depending, um, make lists of like who goes when. And that's how we keep track of, well, who goes when. Um, Rounds continue until one side is defeated. So combat, depending on who you're fighting and uh, how many people you're fighting and all this kind of stuff, combat could take really quick. Like it could be a fast blowout or it could be (laughs) like... (laughs) Several sessions long, depending on on what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, some like quick vocab. Get out your flashcards. Get out your your notepads uh-huh. and your favorite pen. So you might hear us refer to armor class or AC. Mm-hmm. Armor class is just how well your character avoids being wounded. Mm-hmm. Your armor class goes up when you wear things like uh, chain link armor 
or if you're holding a shield, or like things, heavy like armor, mm-hmm. things like that. Or yeah. things like that. Those things adjust your, your AC. Um, you might hear us say things like dropping to zero HP or zero hit points. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that you are uh, unconscious or it could mean you're super dead. Uh, and the way depends that depends on the situation, <laughs> the way that you make that distinction, if you get hit and you fall to zero hit points and there is more damage left to be done, if that damage equals or exceeds your hit point maximum, you die instantly. If you just get hit and you fall to zero, and even if there's some remaining, but it doesn't exceed your maximum hit point uh, number, then you're just unconscious. Uh, When you're unconscious on your turn, you have to make things called death saving throws. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to get three successes, but you either need three successes or three failures to know what's going on. Uh, Success is a 10 or higher um, and then failure is below 10. And uh, we use a d20 to roll for death right. saves, right? Right. Yep. So, like, let's say, for instance, I roll a 10, that's a success, and mm-hmm. then I roll a 9, that's a failure, and then I roll a 3, that's a failure. Mm-hmm. I've rolled three times, but I don't know the conclusion of my death saving throws yet because I haven't gotten three of either failures mm-hmm. or successes. Three of one or the other. Yep. Um. This brings me to the uh, perhaps most confusing part of combat to some is action economy. So action economy just means like what you can do. The DM says, okay, Soren, it's your turn. You have so many things you can do in that Mm -hmm. turn. Um, It goes like this. (laughs) Action, bonus action, movement, and reaction Um, actions involve so many things. You could do so many things as an action. Uh, Oh, also, I should say, this is D&D 5e rules. Um, this isn't like Pathfinder or anything like that. I don't know how any of those systems work, so please don't ask me because I have literally no clue. Um, but D&D 5e, anyway. So you can attack, you can cast a spell, you can dash, disengage, dodge, help, hide or ready in action so attack is doing a hit in Mm -hmm. one way or another either with your fists your sword your bow and arrow um, anything that is uh, going to do damage to somebody else Uh, casting a spell could do a lot of things it could be an attack you could be doing damage to somebody else you could be healing another member of your party. Mm-hmm. You could be giving an advantage to someone else. You could be trying to convince someone or socially sway someone. Or like create an illusion or mm-hmm. something. Yep. Dashing just means go fast. Run. So basically, <laughs> you as a character, I think Prim has like... I'm going to get this wrong. I think like 30 feet of movement sure. in a turn. If I were to take the dash action... That would mean I would move 60 feet in a turn because I would move 30 feet as my action and then I would still have my movement after that. Uh, I could disengage, which means that I leave a melee range without getting an attack of opportunity, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I could dodge as my action. Like if I'm, uh, that's like a defensive tactic, I guess. If you know you're going to get hit, you could dodge as your action and avoid taking damage. 
you could help another player um, basically mechanically that just gives them advantage when they roll. Oh my gosh, which means, I didn't even think about this, advantage means that you roll your d20 twice and you take the higher of the two oh, rolls. Oh, yes, that's, yeah. Okay. Um, you could hide as your action, um, giving, I believe, other players disadvantage when trying to attack you. Um, and then you could ready an action, which basically just means, like, I'm going to save, I'm going to say, I'm going to cast a spell when I see the enemy hit Lura. If the enemy hits Lura, I'm going to cast a spell. That's basically readying an action. You're setting up a trigger for a different action to happen later and perhaps not on your, quote, turn. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you can only do one action in, mm-hmm. uh, in a turn. There are some classes, uh, features, things like that, that allow you to take, like, multiple actions in a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, you can only do one. From there, you go to your bonus action. So certain class features, spells, etc., allow for a bonus action. Um, and the bonus action could be straight up so many things. <laughs> Um, like for Prim, she, if she casts a cantrip, um, as her spell, which is another thing that I didn't even think about. About cantrips? Yeah. yeah we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll Just come to, back. Hold on to that. If Cast she casts a, <laughs> a, a low level spell, um, she can use her bonus action to cast, uh, another low level spell. Mm-hmm. Um, such things like that. Mm-hmm. Then you have movement, which is relatively self-explanatory, but at least in our table, I feel like movement is the thing we forget to do. Absolutely. So we, like, <laughs> hit them, we hit them again, and then we, like, I'm done. And but some of we us haven't moved try our best all. not to, you know, make eyes at each other and be like, did you did you move? move. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know TJ has to look at me across the table sometime and be like, move. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, movement is movement. Uh, And then reaction is an instant response to a trigger of some Mm -hmm. kind on your turn or not. Mm -hmm. Um, An example would be an opportunity attack. So an opportunity attack would be if Prim and Lura were hitting each other Mm -hmm. and Prim went to leave without disengaging first, Mm -hmm. Lura would get an opportunity attack. Because she's... At a disadvantage. Mm-hmm, because I'm turning my back. So mm-hmm. she, she can take an opportunity attack. But let's say Lura, to talk, uh, to mention another reaction, because Lura has a special reaction okay. that she can use, where let's say Prim does turn away, Lura hits her. Um, let's say Prim recovers and comes back to hit Lura with a spell of some sort. Uh, Lura has what's called the uncanny dodge. Oh, so mm-hmm. she can have her... Um, damage in half. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's what have means. She can have her damage if she can see the opponent that's hitting her. So yep. that's another example of a reaction. Yep, and you only get one of those per round. Right. So I could be done on my turn. I could see someone casting a big spell at Lura. If I had the spell, I don't. But if Prim had the spell, she could cast counter spell as a reaction. Mm-hmm. And then her reaction would be spent for that entire round. So if somebody else got hit or um, if somebody left her 
melee range or whatever, she couldn't then also take an opportunity attack because she's already used her reaction. Right. A thing to remember, because this all happens in, quote, bullet time, right? Um, Around going through everybody's turn Mm -hmm. is only six seconds in the game world. Mm -hmm. So this is like super slow motion fighting. Um, It feels so much more chaotic than that. (laughs) And it it takes so much more time than six seconds. But technically, Prim's turn in this round is like a millisecond. Yeah. In reality. Yep. Um, so you can only take so many of these things because it would be wild it would if you not did happen. so Like, many. you can't split time even further than that. Right. <laughs> um, and then from there, if you are a spellcaster, spells do, in fact, have even more rules that you have to consider. Um, every spell has a level from zero to nine. Zero, another word for that is cantrip, which is what you heard me say earlier. So that's like the lowest level spell. It's an indicator of how powerful the spell is. So the higher the level the spell, the higher level the spellcaster needs to be to use it. Um, I believe Prim is level 14 right now, and she has like up to level 7 spells. Uh, So that's kind of an example of how those things... uh, And remind us um, the... uh class that you're playing with oh, Prim. cleric cleric yes. okay and then i am playing um a an arcane trickster rogue so i do get some of those uh spell abilities as well but mm-hmm. prim would be like the heavy spell caster in this situation right 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 there are within spells uh known versus prepared spells some classes you have like a list of spells that you always know And you can add to that list, learn more spells, and then you know more spells. Uh, Things like a cleric, you have to prepare spells at the beginning of every day. Um, So I have a huge list, huge list of spells that I can pick from. But at the beginning of every day, I need to pick 10 or however many I have access to, I need to pick that number of spells and prepare them for the day. And how do you do that? Like when you're, I know this is a little bit of a side tangent, so Mm -hmm. it can plug wherever it needs to go. Um, But specifically for how you play Prim, when we're coming to a session and we're sitting down, like, is that something you do before the session? Is that something you do right when we're all kind of doing the recap? Like, how do you do that? To be honest, I am probably the worst example of a cleric player i have you're a cleric just kidding (laughs) well i have i have basically a list of spells and i have not changed them since we started sure yeah i have it's a lot to manage um prim is a life domain cleric her main function in the party is to heal right that's true the only thing that i might change out every once in a while if i already know that Sam has like indicated we're not going to be in combat. Mm-hmm. I might take out some of those healing spells and replace them sure. with more like social spells, if you will, like um, detect good and evil or sure. like a uh, um, charm person. I think or that's a good example, like that. though, that you so you have like that set list of 10 that you're like, yep, these are just always my prepared ones, unless. I get an inkling that we're not going to need them, and right. then I can swap them out. I think that's that's a good way to do that. Right. Um, in spellcasting, you have spell slots. So regardless of how many spells you know or have prepared, 
there is only a limited number of spells that you can cast before needing to take a rest. Um, so for those who have never played D&D, there are short rests and long rests, and that basically is just an indicator of resetting abilities. Um, so I like I have, I think, three fourth level spell slots. So that means I can only cast fourth level spells three times before I have to rest. Um, different spells take different amount of different amounts of time to cast. They have different ranges, different durations. Some spells are instantaneous. Some last for an hour, um, and those are all things you have to keep track of as a spellcaster. Um, some spells require a thing called concentration, so you have to like mentally keep your character's mind on that spell in order to maintain it. Um, and if you get hit, you have to roll for concentration. And if you score, I forget, I think it's, I don't know if that's a 10 or lower kind of a situation or not, but if you fail, you lose that spell. Um, so yeah, spells have more rules. Anyway, that's the really quick version of combat <laughs> basics for those who have never played welcome it's chaotic we haven't even uh we'll do this eventually we haven't even told you about w weapons <laughs> how those oh. you should have i wish like i wish oh. that you all could see the eye roll slash like exasperation that just came out of katie's face <laughs> the, okay so we're about to get into some worsts of of combat <laughs> i have found i have now played four characters one of them was a rogue. One of them was a rogue uh, who had daggers and <laughs> had the stabby stab and that and I felt so bored. Yeah. And I I am just a spellcaster. Does Brim have a quarter staff that she could do a hit with? Totally. Do I ever make her do that? Nah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, so absolutely not. I and the we're gonna have to bring in a weapons expert or something because I don't even have like the I mean I understand I understand weapons but I I'm just not choose an, not to use them. I'm definitely not the expert but I will say that I am far less of a spellcaster than I am like a stabby stab mm. hit things kind of player I I like uh, I actually think you you've done this with. Um, we were in the middle of a combat scene, and I think Prim was returning, like, to the combat scene that we were in. Oh, uh -huh. And I can't remember if it was you or if it was Sam that described, like, the, the flowers that were, like, floating yeah. around you when, when Prim descended. Um, but the 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 pretty beautiful like description of like spells being like released and like used and stuff that's all super cool and i personally love talking about how i'm like yeah and then i go up and i just like cut them in the jugular and i'm like <laughs> and then i'm like get out of here right. um but both are valid and both are good yeah. and they're fun yeah <laughs> um it is i feel generally speaking creatively stifled in yeah. uh, weapon wielding characters. That's fair. Um, and it comes from a place of like in spell casting, you can do a hit. There are spells like called magic missile 
and all of that kind of stuff. I do like that spell. I will say I use that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, that just like it, it is point blank. It does damage. Um, but there are spells um, <laughs> like diff- like that can make the terrain look different mm-hmm. and that could slow down your enemy. Right. And like so there are just like different. I feel like there are more opportunities for creativity for me in a spellcaster situation because I can there are more avenues to problem solve than just hitting them with a stabby sharp stick. <laughs> um <laughs> A worse thing about combat, let me tell you, <laughs> when the dice are like, not today, not for you, you're like, and, and it's always, at least, I don't know, for me, it seems, it's always, I've done like, I'm going to cast flesh to stone and I'm going to like, and I've already calculated all of the things that like, this is going to be the game changer. Like, this is going to be the thing that swishes everything around. That's and I not. roll the dice and it's like, nat one. And I'm like, and you're like, mm, Okay. Never mind. And it's so Ugh. It's just like taking it's deflating. Takes yes, the I was gonna say it just sails. absolutely was literally in tandem about to say takes the wind right out of your sails. Yeah. Um it is it I, I feel like combat already is so chaotic, mm-hmm. especially with how how it gets um, organized, how we're slowing down time for that six second around, like around is real time. Mm-hmm. Um, that once you've taken the time to like, you know, in the, in the midst of the chaos, you've taken whatever time you can while everyone else is going, depending on how large your party is. Sometimes you only got like four people on party. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you've got seven. Um, so let's say you took the time to try to plan out that super cool move. You were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick some ass mm-hmm. with with this, and then your dice just bit, uh, uh, bitch slap you. Ah mm-hmm. ah ah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like it hurts. It does, <laughs> and like that's the thing. That's the other hard thing. Trying to like listen to what the other like what's happening, where enemies are moving, uh-huh. what your the rest of your party is trying to do, mm-hmm. everybody else's strategies. While trying to plan your own turn so that when the DM gets to you, you're not like one second. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a nut, like trying to switch attention like that. Honestly, more often than not, I find myself not listening <laughs> and just planning my next turn. <laughs> right. And hoping that and hoping that that move can just like slot right into mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing. Um, oh, shoot. You were saying that planning out trying to listen trying not mm-hmm. to listen i think that in itself is is the chaos mm-hmm. that you're yeah, trying yeah. to weed through like yes the story is what it is and can be exciting and chaotic right. and you're you know waging life and death but the chaos for me is the balancing everybody else doing their moves right. planning out their moves and wondering where am i in the lineup okay i'm next i'm on deck right. um that's something i do admire like when we've watched uh, critical role is um the way Matt runs combat sometimes mm-hmm. where he will say like, okay, like blah, blah, blah. It's your turn. Laura, you're on deck. Mm-hmm. And I like, I appreciate that like verbal telling people you're on deck or whatever. Sure. I've also seen like the, 
uh, like the beanbag method where it's like a bunch of numbered little beanbags oh. and whatever you roll for initiative, like you get that number beanbag or whatever. Oh. So you can pay attention to That's that. A lot of times when people roll initiative is, and I've seen this on critical role also, um, people will start shouting out numbers, right? Right. Um, Matt usually stops and says, okay, <laughs> 20 15 to 20 yes and then like that kind of thing but as they're talking through those um multiple players at the table will start writing down what the initiative is Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily know the initiative of the people you're fighting Mm -hmm. but you'll figure it out right based on (laughs) elimination right right so you write down like okay soren goes here then katie then tj then you know Mm -hmm. annalise then grant and as we go through the combat then you can slot in pit fiend goes here and right. you know like that kind of a thing yep. um and that can if you're not getting as many verbal cues you can kind of cue yourself in yep. that way yeah i like that um in that sense combat is stressful <laughs> It's stressful. Have you figured out that we find combat stressful? Yeah. This is a different <laughs> episode than the last one where we're like, we're prolific storytellers. <laughs> we're Here's so cool. Uh, this one's like, you guys, this sucks. This is really hard. Um, it's, it's stressful. It's stressful because there are stakes. Yeah. It's stressful because you have to make a lot of decisions really quickly. It's role play on like a... Uh, like a a two times speed scale or mm-hmm. like a eight times speed scale. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make decisions so much more quickly. And one of the things that is like equally frustrating but makes it cool and makes it what it is is like the DM, one of the DM's jobs aside from keeping track of everybody's everything <laughs> is laying on that pressure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I our game is like this. Sam does this sometimes. Um, I've seen this done by Matt quite a bit. It's like, what are you going to do? Hello? What are you doing? Yep, yep, um, yep. And it's to add that sense of urgency because this is a six-second round. Yeah. Not in reality. It never no. is six seconds in Right. At the table, but right. in re- in game reality, mm-hmm. this is you are having to make this decision in a split second. Yep. Um, so it is equally hard and the thing that makes the end result of combat cool. Yeah, it energizes the experience. Yeah. And it's, you know, nobody likes to be uncomfortable necessarily like if we're talking face value like who wants to be uncomfy but the excitement and energy that that kind of pressure can add to the game Mm -hmm. can make it really fun however i will say i'll like add a little caveat to that is um that role playing on top of like also you know weeding your way through combat can be really difficult so um I would recommend to anybody who's newer to the game or still kind of figuring it out is like when you get into combat, just worry about combat. Yeah. Like for the time, you know, do your best. If there's a moment where you know that your character would act a particular way, feel free and go for it, my guy. Um, But 
or my gal. <laughs> but, but if it's um, if that is kind of like stressing you out, I know my first couple campaigns, I think I really just let go of role playing during combat totally. so yeah. I could get used to it. And if you're somebody who's looking to spice up your combat, um, <laughs> may I direct you to Liam O'Brien playing Caleb Widogast in the Mighty Nine campaign? <laughs> uh, I just had to muffle myself. <laughs> uh, he. We are a Liam O'Brien house, are we not? Yes. <laughs> I, frankly, we're a critical role house at this point. Yeah, I yeah, stand yeah. every single human at that table. Yeah, but some good humans. Um, just in specific to role-playing through combat, mm-hmm. he would role-play Caleb. Caleb was a wizard, and he would role-play what his spell casting would look like so detailed and vividly that it is inspiration for spicing up combat. So if you're somebody that's like, no, I understand combat, now I want to make it sound cooler. I want it spicy. Right. <laughs> I would direct you to watch the Mighty Nine campaign, specifically Caleb Widogas in any combat. Okay, good. thank you. Uh, <laughs> though... With all, I mean, we've talked about how stressful it is. We've talked about like listening while planning. One of those things that you're planning or trying to manage is all of the different traits and abilities that you have. So, like, we talked about spells, we talked about weapons, we talked about action economy. Well, within all of that, you also have race abilities and traits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have class abilities and traits you have feats that you might have taken there are so many things that can add flavor to your combat experience but you have to track them and remember you have them like prim (laughs) has an ability because she's a life domain cleric that if she heals someone with a like a level two or higher healing spell. She gets to take one plus the spell's level healing for herself. And you, you, um, to all of those who are listening, I hear that sentence. I know those sentences are English words, and I also kind of know what you're saying when you say that. And then sometimes my brain likes to like garbage disposal that up and like tie right. it in knots. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time, <laughs> just in case. No. no, no, no. Like, so I have a, I have a feature that when I cast a healing spell of second level or higher, so remember we talked about the spell levels, mm-hmm. if I cast one of second level or higher on somebody else, I can take one, literally the number one, plus two, for instance, if it's a second level spell, one plus two hit points back for myself. So that would be three. Mm -hmm. So if I cast a a second level healing spell on Lura, and I could take three hit points back for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but like that's a thing I have to keep track of, and I forget about it all All the time. time. One of the um, things that I forget about all the time for for Lura is that like it's kind of that combination of like dark vision and fey ancestry. So Mm -hmm. like with dark vision, you can 
you can see in the darkness, literally just up in shades of gray, mm-hmm. up to like 60 feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that can be really handy when you're like in a dark space. But do I remember all the time that I can do that? No. And then the other one is the Fey Ancestry. So with the Fey Ancestry, you have um, advantage on your saving throws against being like uh, charmed uh, with magic. So magic also can't put you to sleep. So that can be really handy if you're up against some fey creature that is trying to, like, put your entire party to sleep or charm you in some way to make you do something. It's like, ah, ah you, you can't do that to me. The good news with something like fey ancestry, at least if you use D&D Beyond, um, it notes that in your resistances and yes. all that, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. I will say I love having... Even though I'm, I'm a very analog person, I mm-hmm. like writing my notes in a notebook. I like either like doodling throughout the session to just get like a tactile feel for our session. But I love the character sheet on D&D Beyond because you can flip through all of your information so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it like more so than a paper character sheet, it can update faster. Like I don't have to erase a bunch of stuff and then rewrite it. Like right. I can level up quickly. Right. And I love that. I forgot to mention when I was talking about action economy, one of the things that I have, I like don't use it enough to say that I like swear by it. Um, we just started having these or I just started having this. So um, it's still very much so in progress. Um, but I made a flow chart for Prim when it comes to action economy just made it on canva i went a little harder than i needed to in terms of the design but (laughs) um, (laughs) i basically took all of like those normal spells Mm -hmm. that i have prepared and i categorized them into like their tags basically so like if it's a healing spell an attacking spell a buffing spell or like a social spell like charming person or whatever manipulating other people um And then, like, from there, I can say, okay, do I want to heal someone? And I put, like, very basic descriptions of what that spell does Mm -hmm. so that I'm not having to necessarily flip back and forth between D&D Beyond and the flowchart if I don't want to. Right. Um, But then I can do that. And then I say, like, okay, I, like, put in that, that feature about taking points back. Like, if I heal, there's a second part of that action economy where i'm like did you heal at second level or higher take this many points back um and then i'll put like my bonus action underneath that like a little arrow pointing to it and it's like bonus action did you use a cantrip do this like those kinds of things and then did you move and then reaction i have warcaster as a feat so it's like use a spell as an opportunity attack yeah um and i learned about this from abria iyengar she was mentioning it um, after she did her thing on EXU Calamity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched a whole interview where she talked about it. And I'm sure she uses a much different one than I created for myself. But it does seem like it's one of those things that's incredibly personal. Yeah. So, like, if you need something that's more detailed or, like, more decision flow kind of a thing Mm -hmm. versus like just a basic listing of what you can do you know like those kinds of things a flow chart might be helpful yeah absolutely for those kinds of things yeah when we were talking about um some of the different uh sections of of this conversation today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um we were talking about the flow charts and i really like your 
your personalized one where you have all of your spells listed specifically. I think I'd like to do something like that for Lura or a future character. Um, right now, I'm really functioning off of one of the like very basic flowcharts that I found on Google. Um, and it's literally one of those that's kind of like a checklist. Like, mm. did you move? Mm -hmm. Did you hit? Mm -hmm. Did you run? Right. Very good. You've done it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I would like to get more specific. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We've already kind of talking, talked about preparing the right spells, but that's definitely a worst of combat for me is like the worst thing is when you are in a combat situation and you're like, I know I have the spell, but I don't have it prepared today. Oh, yeah. I can't like, imagine <laughs> that whole thing. Um, working as a team. I mean, we've also kind of talked about this already, too. Like it's that listening while planning, like trying to work together mm -hmm. to use each other's abilities and boost each other up and do all of these things while still doing damage and like it's just that is another yet another layer of combat that I find <laughs> hard to manage and then my literal last thing if you can believe is <laughs> death in all capitals uh... it, it, the, like in combat that the com the combat is when the death is possible <laughs> yes yeah is when you are closest to the death. Yeah. Unless it's some random one-off, you run into the big bad with right. some random encounter. Right. So it is the time when the stakes are the highest. And, you know, when you go unconscious and nobody's able to heal you in that round. Because all you need, I guess I should also say, all you need is one hit point to stabilize. So... Um, one of the things Sam told us when we were starting this Eleron campaign and he was like, don't underestimate the value of one hit point. Mm -hmm. If you, if a party member goes down, get them a hit point. Even if it's just one hit point, get them a hit point and they won't have to make death saving throws. Like, and you know, Matt does this and I think it's, it's cruel, but it's accurate. Like a character goes down the enemy isn't necessarily going to be like, got one laying on the floor next to the next one. No, he's they're going to finish him off. Yeah. So, like, I, I want you to be down and stay down. Um, which, in watching it, and I would imagine in in living it, that is such a hard thing to... Like, you, it feels like he's picking on you, right? It feels right. like they're you're like i'm already down like you don't have to continue to hit me but it's if the enemy knows that you're just unconscious and not dead like why wouldn't they enemies like why you need to be dead for me to reach my goal right right yeah absolutely i want to give you opportunity to heal yeah uh, I think we were getting, I, I don't know if you were ready to transition, but my oh, brain was ready was to ready transition. to transition okay, to, to the best stuff. Yeah. Best. I feel like we were getting there because uh, we've been talking about all of the, um, all of the worsts, all that jazz. Um, but we, we say all of that to, to also add, yes, there are a lot of difficult things, um, but just like adding pressure to making those decisions energizes the experience. There are a lot of fun and good things that come with combat. Mm -hmm. um, I know for 
for me, the excitement that I feel when I do get a combat thing right, because it's not my natural tendency to be super into the strategy, when I get something right, when I land that hit, or when I do successfully like sneak a little bit of role play into combat, that is a different kind of high. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not just the storytelling high. It's the, I did strategy, and I Mm -hmm. did it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I So, in Critical Role, right before they do the kill, Matt will say, how do you want to do this? And that's how it, like, indicates to them that they have succeeded. Yeah. Uh, And... Obviously, not every table does that. Per right, se, right. But it's the the feeling when you have succeeded, when you have gotten at the end of the battle, and you hit that final blow, mm-hmm. and it does the damage it needs to do to end the combat. Like it is quite nice. It is choice, if you will. <laughs> it's juicy. <laughs> um, well, and it gives you opportunities to find creative solutions, kind of like I was talking about with the spells and everything, mm-hmm. like. You know, going through and trying to find a different way of besting this particular uh, foe, uh, it stretches a different muscle than the role playing or, you know, just normal everyday D&D. Like it's 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 a different part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, another thing that I admire about this whole, uh, how do I want to say this? This whole uh, combat conversation is like not everyone is a strategy oriented player, right. but for those people who are and who get jazzed about mm-hmm. strategy kind of stuff, um, this kind this game attracts those kinds of player yep. players or um, this part of D and D can heavily attract those kind of players, and I think that's great because it diversifies your table. Like not mm-hmm. a table of only role players. Right. Like <laughs> my brain just did like the gag operation gag me with a spoon. Uh, yeah, right. um, but like you know, gag me. Like right. I don't want it to just be role players. Right. Like we've got all types of different players out there. I know that um, TJ is definitely, I think he's more strategy leaning when it comes to how we play, Mm -hmm. but um, he's also dabbling in a lot more role play than I've ever seen him do before. Sure. Um, But I know that part of the combat, the the enticing part of it for some people is that strategy section. I think that's actually, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. Offers a lot. Well, and just as when the dice can tell you not today, <laughs> you also can get that nat 20 at just the right time. And it, it yeah, it's, it's the same. <laughs> I mean, it's a similar high as to when you get a role-playing scene. Yeah, absolutely. Really yep. it's, it's, a, it's a similar a similar cinema role as in the Sanrio character similar feeling (laughs) anywho (laughs) continue on it is a similar it is a cinema role feeling it's a cinema role feeling um when you when you can successfully do that um wow my brain just blanked that is all I wrote. <laughs> That's okay. My three best That's okay. <laughs> I think, um, you know, even even though this like best section is hard, I think for me is because when I get those really good combat sections, or I like nail a um, nail a particular strategy with my characters, 
I don't know why, but, like, those moments don't stick in my brain as much as, like, storytelling yeah, ones do. Right. And yeah. I think that's just, I think my brain latches on to different parts of of that. Right. Um, and different parts of D&D in that way. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't have, like, a list of um, this one time in combat or this one time at band camp. Mm-hmm. Like, it, my brain doesn't latch on to those moments right. nearly as much, but I do actually latch on to other people's combat moments oh. a little bit more. Sure. Um, like, I specifically have a memory of we were in combat in our current campaign, and um, Laura's character was in a tight spot, and um, she was about to get a big hit, mm-hmm. and um, Valen, like, had returned from being gone for a while, and, like, he came in, did, like, a big smash and like he rolled perfectly mm-hmm. and like got all this damage and i remember that because i had nothing to do with that combat right. if anything he was saving my ass right. <laughs> but i do remember his big hit and i think actually now that i think about it i'm realizing then that, that that i remembered that because it became very like story heavy yeah. <laughs> with how he described yeah, it yeah, yeah. um but either way um all of all of the bad things, all of the good things considered, combat can be an like an excellent part of playing D anD D, and can yes. be so much fun. Yes, um, when you just just go for it, it's yep. it's that same concept of like being brave enough to make the choice, right. being brave enough to role play in your game, being brave enough to go ahead do the big hit right. or don't and like protect a fellow like mm-hmm. party member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. That's it for us this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks to Noah Trumbull for the use of our theme song. There's a link to his Instagram in the episode description. Be sure to give him a follow and to stay up to date on his band and music. If you are enjoying the show, there are a few things we'd love if you do. First, leave us a review because reviews help other listeners find us. And second, follow us wherever you can get your podcasts so you can get to our new episodes faster and easier. And lastly... But not leastly, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to see what we are up to and to be the first to know when an episode drops. We also want to hear from you. Did something come up in today's conversation that made you think? Do you have a topic you want to hear from us next? Or do you just want to say hi? Send us an email at chromaroses at gmail.com and we will do our best to respond as quickly as we can. That's C-H-R-O-M-A-R. R-O-S-E-S at gmail.com, all lowercase. We can't wait to hear from you. And let me just say, we have received like an email or two and it makes our whole day. So It do, makes our week, man. Do please do an email. <laughs> do a hello. Yeah. Um, well, this has been Chromatic Roses. I'm Soren. And I'm Katie. Fight evil, love others. Can't let me bother.